Welcome to the Holistic Work Podcast. I'm Flip Brown, your host and founder of Business Culture Consultants. The mission of this podcast is to bring together individuals who want work to work well, who strive for a balanced and resilient lifestyle, and who have a commitment to social, economic, climate, and racial justice. Feel free to check out the whole series, along with other resources, at businesscultureconsultants.com. Thanks for finding your way here. In today's episode, we talk about balancing advocacy and inquiry. So what do I mean by that? Well, this is a tool that can be used to create better outcomes in any conversation or conversational process, but we'll focus on its applications in the business environment. To advocate means to argue or plead or make a case for a particular cause or value or principle. We often advocate in a rather unskilled way. So if there's something that I need to have happen or something that I'm trying to change or a situation that I feel needs to be different, to advocate for what I believe is important or what I see as the desired outcome requires the skill of being able to balance my needs and the needs of the larger group. It's most helpful if I can deliver my message in a way that is more likely to be heard and understood without giving up on the core principle or value and certainly without losing my courage. Advocacy that is too strident, too forceful, becomes aggressive. Now, I will admit there are times when the situation calls for a strong and and potentially even strident response, particularly when we're advocating for uh, an injustice to be made right, And certainly those of you who are listening to this podcast know that I, along with many of my business colleagues, continuously advocate for racial justice, for climate change activism, for a durable and prosperous economy that works for all. These are the situations in our society and our culture that, in my opinion, we cannot be complacent about. Advocacy is very useful in terms of helping people understand where we're coming from, how we see things, what we believe in, and also what we think should happen. However, it has its limitations. Frequently, what I see and sometimes I experience is that we enter a discussion which could potentially be a difficult conversation, and in preparation, We come up with our list of logical, rational points that we want to make in hopes that the other person or the group will go, yes, flip, that's that's absolutely right. I totally agree. Your version of reality is, in fact, the correct one. Of course, what often happens is that technique is met by the other person going, wait, wait, no. Uh, Actually, here's my list of points uh, that prove my position. 
let me advocate for those in the hopes or belief or the need that you'll see things my way and agree to my point of view here. So advocacy can easily turn into what I call a verbal ping pong match. And then what typically happens is we repeat what we said because we don't feel that it was heard. And in repeating it, we add a little extra volume or we put a little edge on it. And of course, now the other person takes the bait and they respond in kind and the whole thing goes downhill. And I'm not talking about downhill skiing here. The need and the ability to monitor our advocacy to make sure that we are focused on principle and not on personality and that our passion is being channeled while at the same time we remain open to what we call active listening, which actually could be a whole other podcast in itself. Advocacy is often misused when we simply put our point out there and then are unable to make the shift to actually listening to what the other person is saying, first of all, to ascertain, were we sufficiently heard? Was it in our transmission that perhaps we weren't sufficiently clear? Or was it in the reception that the other person had their filters in place or their biases activated? And of course, we also have the responsibility to monitor those things as well. So if our advocacy isn't working, rather than simply going over the same points, again, with a little bit of extra negative energy thrown in, it's best to stop and ask, so what is it that you're hearing me say, or what is it that you believe I'm trying to get across? Because that's a good test to see if we were sufficiently clear and or if the other person is putting some perhaps subconscious filters in place. Shifting to inquiry, this is the art of asking the most helpful question. And I'm often amazed when I coach supervisors and managers or team members how rarely we stop to ask the helpful question. There's certainly the sarcastic question. There's the blaming question. So you thought I wouldn't notice if you didn't get this in on time, right? Well, that's not a helpful question at all, obviously. The helpful question, the inquiry that moves things forward and increases connection is based on genuine curiosity and not judgment. It's based on wanting to learn where the other person is at where they're coming from, and what assumptions and expectations they may have, whether or not they're, and whether the expectations and assumptions they may have, so that we can check and see whether we actually share those expectations and assumptions. And often a good inquiry helps the other person to understand what their contribution or responsibility may be in a given situation. And to me, a classic case is a, an employee or a team member who's struggling with punctuality. Because the old method is often something like, hey, you're late. Don't you know we, we start at nine o'clock? Or 
I really need you to be here on time. And in those situations, it's unlikely the other person is going to say, you know, thank you. I really appreciate that. Most often, they give us an excuse or they mumble an apology, but nothing really changes. Compare and contrast that to the question, I'm confused. My understanding is that we start at 9 o'clock. Do you have a different understanding? And if we are in agreement that we start at 9, I'm wondering what the impact is on our team or on our customers if you or I or any of us show up two minutes, five minutes, seven minutes late. I wonder if you've thought about that. Now, as I often say, nobody talks exactly like me, nor should they. However, the questions have the greatest chance of opening up a dialogue. And in that dialogue, we can hopefully work from common ground and identify some ways to change the patterns. One of these conversations doesn't necessarily create magic, but it is a different methodology. It also requires some courage, some emotional intelligence, and the skillful use of language, but it's a skill that can be practiced. Now, to give you another example of this, whether or not you watch television, in my experience, one of the most well-crafted television series, historically, was the Law & Order franchise. And my wife, for a period of time, was really into, I think there were 476 episodes. Don't quote me on that. And so from time to time, I would be drawn in. And once you got over the fact that one human being generally murdered another human being, and that could be pretty unpleasant, when it shifted to the courtroom drama, the various attorneys, and often skillfully played by Sam Watterson, would use advocacy and inquiry in a very forceful, sometimes manipulative, but sometimes effective way to create an admission or to reinforce a fact or to establish guilt. They would advocate for a certain hypothesis and then ask the witness in a very clever way whether or not their actions or their information uh, reinforced that hypothesis with the assumption that it did. Now, of course, we don't want to manipulate people in the business environment. However, expanding our awareness of when to advocate, when to make declarative statements, when to take a clear, strong stance versus opening up a line of questioning that's not going to be accusatory, that's not negative, that's not a game of gotcha, but is genuinely interested in where the other person is coming from. And so often I like the phrase, help me understand. And then that's, of course, followed by the question. Help me understand how you and I see this differently. Help me understand what I might be doing that I'm unaware of that's contributing to this situation. Or help me understand, is there one thing that you might be able to do that would change the outcome here? This also is part of a concept from one of my mentors, David White, 
called conversational leadership, where it's really not having an established position or using power and authority uh, to demonstrate your leadership, but to be skilled at the conversation that will create new possibilities for everyone involved. So I hope that you will begin to look at places, both in your own conversations and observing the conversations of others, where you'll be able to notice and pick out, ah, that's advocacy. Ah, I see that that's inquiry. And play around with this. Try it both ways. Try to advocate for something. Try to inquire about how the other person sees it. See if you can do this dance. I hope it serves you well. Thanks for listening. This concludes another episode of the Holistic Work podcast series. If you're interested in this and other archived podcasts, they are available wherever you get your podcasts or at businesscultureconsultants.com. You're also welcome to email me at flip.brown at icloud.com. This has been a production of Business Culture Consultants at Star Farm Studios in Burlington, Vermont. And thanks for tuning in. I'm Flip Brown, and may your awesome potential continue to unfold at work, in your life, and through your positive contributions to the world. Until the next time we cast another pod, be safe and strong.